0: We're open to that possibility. We're open to the Lord speaking to us in all sorts of ways. And the primary way the Lord speaks to us is through the Bible. So when we're looking at the whole area of prayer and listening to God, the place where we start is with the Bible. So if we want to enter into a closer walk with God, if we want to be able to recognize the voice of the Lord more clearly, if we want to grow in the whole area of prayer, then the first thing we do is is we pick up the Bible. And we don't read it like a textbook. We don't read it solely for information, although it does have very good information. We read the Bible in order to meet with God, in order to listen to His voice. A few weeks ago, we talked about that telephone connection, as it were, with God, where prayer is about God phoning us as it were, and that, that communication comes through Jesus Christ. And so God has sought, we can see throughout the history of Israel and through creation before that, and through Jesus Christ, ultimately God has sought to make fresh contact with us in the midst of the brokenness and the mess of creation. Created perfectly and then fallen and and sullied through our own uh, mistakes and sin and selfishness. And in the midst of that, as Isaiah the prophet said, we have become cut off from God. But in Jesus Christ, the phone, as it were, has rung. And as we come and recognize that Jesus Christ lived for us and died for us, that we may be able to have this conversation with God who is holy and righteous only through Jesus Christ who gave himself. He, He gave himself on the cross. His body was broken. His blood was poured out. And this table today is about that communication from God, a communication of a father to those who are his lost children, that we may be adopted back into the family through the grace of God. And so that initial picking up of the receiver is us saying to God, Lord, I've made a mess of things. I have turned the phone off. I have gone my own way, and I have made major mistakes. And I have caused pain and suffering to myself, to my family, to my friends. I've caused widespread pain, but we discover that God is still calling, and we pick up the phone by receiving Christ, and we sense that there's restored relationship. The Father speaks to us in the midst of the silence of our hearts, because Christ sweeps out the room of our lives and he comes to live in us. And so listening to God is such a personal and intimate thing because in Christ he has come to live within us. And so when we're listening to Christ, we are listening to the one who has taken up residence within us. And so when we're reading the Bible, we are praying, Lord, speak to me through this speak to me in the midst of my soul. We talked uh, months ago about the whole area of solitude and silence and the importance in the midst of the noise and busyness and deadlines and electronic devices and everything else of our lives, how important it is to step into places where there is silence and there is solitude. Whether it's walking the coastal path or whether it's I don't know why I'm going to say this, but making pottery, or whether it's sitting in a chair and just being still and quiet, it's so important to find those places where we're listening to the voice of God. And for each of us, how that happens and, and the, the way our idiosyncratic ways happen is different for every one of us. For me, quite often, the easiest way for me to hear the voice of God is to go for a walk by myself. And in that place of solitude and silence, I find that actually when my legs are moving, that somehow I am able better to communicate with God. Sometimes it's sitting, sometimes it's lying on the floor, sometimes it's standing. Sometimes it's in the midst of hundreds or thousands of believers who are all worshiping the Lord and in the midst of the crowd meeting with the Lord in powerful and personal ways in the midst of God's people. God communicates in all sorts of different ways. The key for us is to be expectant and to anticipate, to be, to anticipate, to look for, to listen to the Lord speaking to us and to be willing to obey him whatever he says because we trust him. So the first step for us is to show the Lord that we're willing to listen to him and we open his written word and we prayerfully say, Lord, speak to me as I read this. May this not just be about information, may this be about an encounter with you. And so we pray, and every day we pick up the Bible, and we read, or we turn on the app, and we read, and we, we anticipate to hear from God. And I imagine if we went around here, we would hear story after story after story of the amazing ways that even in reading with a a daily guide or an app on a phone, or whatever it happens to be, how amazingly God speaks to us, not just about his general will through the Bible, but he speaks to us specifically about our own personal circumstances through the Bible. And we are amazed, and we are humbled, and we are overawed that in this, God can speak to us personally about things that only he and we know. And it is such a profound thing to know that we are utterly known by God. That all of our worries and hopes and dreams and concerns, He knows them all. And yet He wants us to enter into that place of prayer because in that place of prayer, the bond deepens and the relationship develops. And so we read and we listen to the Spirit. Now, the two primary ways we, we encounter and connect with God, how we listen to God. We're not necessarily gonna hear his voice speak audibly, but we're gonna hear him speak in a much more important and profound way into our souls. And speaking and asking, as we saw last week, is the way into that conversation. The conversation has been started by God. Quite often, whenever we pray for the first time, we think that somehow that we are the ones who are making contact with God. But the reason why we're praying is because God has made contact with us. And that's why we start to speak to the one that we cannot see. Because on a level which is beyond sight and hearing and taste and touch, we discern the fact that there is a God who is in charge. And he's seeking to make contact with us. He's seeking to communicate with us. And we discover that in Christ, he has a plan for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. We cannot improve on his plan for our lives. And we must be open, as we see in Scripture, for him speaking to us and communicating to us in all sorts of different ways. And so in the Bible, there's people encounter angels, Abraham, Peter. They encounter angels who come and communicate. Mary, Joseph. They encounter messengers from God. Quite often we have this picture of, of angels as, um, as little tiny creatures with wings. But actually the angels were. And our warriors, they're they're those who are part of the army of God. It's why in the Bible, whenever people meet angels, they quite often become ashen-faced and fall down and think they're going to die, not because they're seeing a little baby with wings, but because they're seeing a representative of God who is part of the army of God. There are dreams and there are visions Again and again, we read of how God speaks to people. There is prophecy in the Old Testament, and in the New Testament, we're we're shown and we're taught the fact that every believer in Jesus Christ can ask for the gift of prophecy, can ask to hear God in a fresh way, not for their own sake, but for the sake of other people. And so we as the people of God have come into that place, whereas like in the... Uh, like in the Old Testament, yesterday we were doing that uh, wonderful get-together called uh, Hashtags and Hormones, and uh, the person, Sheena, who was leading it played, you know that sound that happens whenever pre-broadband, whenever you did the dial-up thing, whenever it went, Th- those who are my age and older will, will recognize that you would go make a cup of tea or even make a three-course meal while, while, your, while your connection went on. and. Uh, before when broadband, and I'm sure my age here, but when broadband came, it was like, and um, why am I saying this? I've lost track now why I'm saying this, but. Um, Old Testament prophecy was a bit like the dial-up thing. In Jesus Christ, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, The gift of prophecy, Paul says, eagerly desire the greater gifts, eagerly desire the gift of prophecy. He says, my desire is, my hope is that everyone would prophesy, everyone would hear the voice of God, not for themselves but for those around them, that they would bring blessing and fullness of life. Because ultimately, that's what is communicated through God's Word, it is life. How did God bring the universe into being? Through His Word. He spoke and it happened. The reason why it's so important to hear the voice of God is because when God speaks, it brings life. Life springs up. Never, as Isaiah said, does the word of God go out and it doesn't produce life life just springs up. That's why Jesus said, in response to Satan's temptation, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because ultimately, everything that we see in creation, everything that is living, depends on the sustaining word of God. Everything that exists has come from the mouth of God. He has spoken everything into being. And So the reason why I want to listen to the voice of the Lord, the reason why I want to have the telephone up to our ear, the reason why I want to become familiar with the voice of the Lord is because the word of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, brings life. The stuff in our life that leads to brokenness and selfishness and sin and destruction and self-harm and self-loathing and self-defeatism, all of those things are a result of not listening to the voice of the Lord. It's into the midst of death that the voice of the Lord comes and brings things that are dead to life. That's what baptism is all about. We go into the place of death, recognizing the fact that we're already as good as dead without Jesus. And through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we too live. Baptism is about the fact that without Christ we're dead, and with Christ we will live forever. So we read the Bible, we listen to the Holy Spirit, and we seek to be used by God to be a blessing to others, to speak truth. Prophecy is all about speaking truth. And so the more that we read and memorize scripture, the more God can use us to bring blessing to other people. The more we encounter the death and destruction and self-harm and self-loathing and darkness in people's lives, the more we have an opportunity to speak something that God has given us for them. And that's all prophecy is. It's about speaking truth into a situation it's about bringing light into the darkness. And it's a very powerful thing. Prophecy should be encouraging, it should be upbuilding. Whenever someone shares a word of the Lord, a word of scripture, a word of encouragement to us, it should bring life and hope and inspiration. Whenever someone shares something like that with us, we always go away and we test it, we read scripture, we we find out, is this really from you, God? Is this your voice that I'm discerning in this? And one of the tests is, is it encouraging? Does it build me up? Is what I'm about to say to someone else, does that build them up? Does it promote love? Does it encourage people to move towards Jesus Christ? These are all things that are important in terms of being those who are involved in prophesying, of sharing the Word of God. And in the midst of that listening to the Holy Spirit, we need to be open to all these different ways the Lord speaks to us. The reason why the Lord has given us this gift of prayer, this gift of prophecy, is that we may build each other up that you would build me up and I would build you up, that we would build one another up, that we would speak truth to each other, that we would sing songs together, that we would sing hymns, and together we would increasingly become a powerful people of God who are listening together for what the Lord is saying to us as a family and saying to us corporately. But within that whole corporal, corporate picture, each of us are to discern what is the specific will, where do, I, where do I fit into the big picture that God has? Because when we come back to the Lord, or we come to the Lord, we come to understand that he is working his purpose out and we are part of the team through which he is doing that. And we have a unique role to play within that. And so when the Lord speaks to us in prayer, we discover the fact that He calls us into unexpected adventures. That's the phrase that Pete Gregg uses. He calls us into unexpected adventures. I was trying to just this morning try and, and I sometimes do this, sometimes work out whenever, you know, this listening to God and. uh, so i am noticing the fact, there's lots of children standing looking at us. We should really wave at the children here, up there, and give them a wee wave. And... <laughs> and I was trying to work out, uh, as I sometimes do, how on earth did I get to this place where I am now? And uh, like many, of perhaps, of the guys here, um, if I had got my way... I would be a professional footballer today. And many of us go through that stage where we think, yes, we we can picture ourselves in that place. And at 13, if you'd said to me, Church of Iron Minister, I'd have gone. And yet, there was amazing ways that the Lord has guided me, I recognize, over the years. I'll, I'll try and be, and be brief in part of the story. My, I grew up in Belfast, East Belfast, and uh, older brother and sister, and my family didn't go to church very often, but I joined the BB and had to start to go because I was in the uh, BB squad. You had to get marks for your squad, so I had to go to church. and. Um, my grandmother, one of my grandmothers died about the age of 11, when I was 11, and uh, the service was at Knockbreda Parish Church up in Belfast, and the former rector of this parish, Canon Desmond McCreary, was then the rector of Knockbreda Parish Church. He was the minister of my grandmother and grandfather, and he led the service and spoke at my grandmother's funeral. It was one of the first times that I encountered death, and... Um, I don't remember anything about it, but in the midst of that sermon, he said, because of the faith of my grandparents, wouldn't it be wonderful if one of the grandchildren here today became an ordained minister in the Church of Ireland? I wasn't listening to anything it was said. I don't remember anything about it. But my rector from my home parish in St. Philian's, which is just along the road at the top of the Crager Road, he started to pray that the 12-year-old Nigel Parker would become that Church of Ireland minister. He didn't tell me this for 20 years. But two years later, I, I went to his door, age 14, because I told my parents about, I, I think to my horror, and then the, their horror, that I was being called to be a Church of Ireland minister, and they thought, hopefully he'll get over it in six months. And so they sent me down to see my local rector. Nobody, who has since recently passed to be with the Lord. Maybe many of you have heard him on the radio over the years. And he was wise enough not to tell me that for the last year or two, he had been praying that I would sense a call to become a Church of Ireland minister. And so he said, "Well, come and speak to the bishop." And a few months later, I spoke to the bishop, and the bishop said, "You're very young. What else do you like doing?" I said, science and engineering. He said, go and be an engineer. And if you still feel after a number of years that God's called you to be a minister, then come back. So that's what I did. And uh, lots of different things happened. I worked as an engineer. And... So it's not clear. I just hadn't hadn't planned to say all this. But... um, I worked as an engineer, and at the age of 25, I sensed the Lord was saying to me, now is the right time. A lot of things had happened. Um, my, my father had died. I had met my uh, future wife, Susan. Uh, and the Lord had done all sorts of things, I can see, to support my family and to bring me to a place where he has me. And at Summer Madness, a big youth Christian youth conference in 1994, after having a rugby injury, which again was all part of God's plan, I think, I went on crutches to the front of the end of the meeting. And I went for healing prayer. And again and again, I went up at the end of these services at this Christian conference where there were thousands of people and there were 60 people at the front offering prayer ministry. And every time I went up, the crowds parted. Everyone else was paired off praying. And there was this poor soul who was always left standing. As I came up on my crutches, I didn't know him and... His face began to fall day after day as he prayed for me to be healed. He asked me to walk around and said, are you healed? Can you walk any easier? And I would always say no. And I came to the last day, the Tuesday. And again, amazingly, 60 people in the prayer ministry team, I went up and he went, oh no, here he comes again. And I asked him to pray for me for healing. He did all the right things. He prayed for me and he asked me to walk around and said, do you sense that the Lord is healing you? And I had just in my engineering job come to the point where I sensed the Lord was saying to me, and I had been offered a place in theological college in Dublin, and I was wrestling with this question, is this the right thing to do? and I just handed him my notice as an engineer to go and train in Dublin. He didn't know any of this, but he said, I hope the Lord will heal your knee. But every time I close my eyes, I see you with a clerical collar around your neck. Does that mean anything to you? And I said, I've just handed him my notice as an engineer to go and train to be a minister, and he says, the Lord is telling you, you've done the right thing. And that was such a relief to me. And amazingly, although the Lord didn't heal me in the midst of that prayer, in the midst of that Christian conference, and again, this was just speaking about my lack of wisdom, there were young fellows who were in our youth ministry, and they encouraged me onto the football field, even though I was on crutches. And amazingly, as I began to run for the ball, my legs became stronger. And within a number of days, I didn't need the crutches anymore. The Lord moves in really mysterious ways. And we we need to be open to him speaking to us and communicating to us and guiding us. And the Bible shows us he does that in all sorts of ways. And he loves to do it with people who are listening and who will obey. You see, if there's something the Lord has said to us in the past and we're refusing to do it, well, that may deter God from telling us to do anything else. I know for me, there were a number of years where I would be seeking the Lord and asking him to guide me, and the Lord kept bringing me back to two things, and he said, have you done those two things yet? And for months, probably even years, I said, I don't think that's important. And only whenever I got to the place of saying, okay, Lord, I get the hint that I began to hear God more and more. You see, not only do we need to trust the Lord that he can speak and he loves us, but also the fact that when he guides us, he expects us to listen and he expects us to do what he asks us to do. It is those who are humble and who are obedient who will most clearly hear the voice of God. And so when we listen, we listen in order to become increasingly part of God's plan and to go on the unexpected adventures that he has for us. And God's ways are not our ways. And so when God does speak to us, we can expect that sometimes what will happen is that he will tell us to do something that will make our jaw drop to the floor. Now, one thing I did in my teenage years that I would encourage you not to do is this. I used to think that because of all the bad stuff that I'd done in the past, if I were to listen to God, he would always tell me things that would make me suffer because I thought he was gunning for me. And so even when I became a Christian, I assumed for the first number of years of my Christian life that the things that were the most difficult were the very things that God was asking me to do. And so in any situation where there were a number of options, I again and again would always choose the most difficult option because I assumed that was the way God would lead me. And then there came a point of revelation where I realized God's a good God. God's a good Father. There may be times where he calls me to do something that is not easy. But actually, he's not calling me to do the most difficult thing all the time because he loves me and he cherishes me and he wants me to thrive and he loves you and he cherishes you and he wants you to thrive. But as C.T. Studd, the former England cricket captain who lived in the 1800s, said, Jesus Christ didn't come to make life easy. He came to make men and women great. And so when we go on these unexpected adventures, we discover that God has a plan for us which is beyond our imagination. It's a plan to build his kingdom. It's a plan to transform the world. It's a plan to be co-creators with him. So we listen to Scripture, we read Scripture, we listen to the Holy Spirit, and we also use our brains. When we become Christians, we don't leave our common sense at the door. We... We weigh things up. If we sense that God is calling us to be a plumber, then we consider the possibility of being an apprentice plumber. If God is calling us to be a vet, then we think, "Well, at school, I should maybe do some sciences." We use our common sense. And we also, as Proverbs says again and again, we seek advice. We go to people who are generally older and wiser and older and wiser in the Christian faith than we are. And when we're weighing up decisions, especially big decisions, we go to people and we say, what do you think I should do? And we go to people who we know will not necessarily tell us what we want to hear. And we always bear in mind, even when we're seeking counsel and advice from other people, that ultimately the decision still rests with us. We don't abdicate responsibility by going to other people that they would make the decision for us. We recognize that we're the ones, at the end of the day, who have to make the decision. And we also bear in mind the fact that sometimes like with Paul the Apostle, like with Jackie Pullinger, like with Addis Ilward, that sometimes every piece of advice we will get will be exactly the opposite of what God is calling us to do. But yet we should always seek advice. And finally, we should watch and we should wait. Sometimes God's direction and guidance comes at an instant. Sometimes it comes in reading Scripture. Sometimes it comes by God planting a desire to go and do something or to be something or to work towards something. Sometimes it's by someone who is very wise saying to us, Have you thought of that? Sometimes there is a word of prophecy or something just in the world. Somehow God speaks to us, and we just know in our souls that God is communicating to us. There was one lady who came here years ago and her husband had come to faith in Christ through an alpha course and, and she was very reticent about this and, and uh, they went out for a walk and things were a bit tense between them and, and uh, she was they were out walking up near Couture and they came down this road and she was wrestling with, was there a God? Does God have a plan for my life? And as she came along this road and looked up, she saw the sign that said, give way. And she stopped in her tracks. And she just sensed that God was saying to her, yield, give way. And she did. And her life was completely transformed. we need to patiently listen to the Lord so we don't do what many of those in the Old Testament did like Abraham or, or Moses or in some way going a certain distance with God and then becoming impatient and trying to short-circuit what God is trying to do. So there could be something that is communicated to us or a call that comes to us or a word of prophecy over us and we want it to happen now. But actually, when God speaks to us so often, He speaks to us about something that is only possible if transformation happens. So one of the things that I find really striking in my Christian journey is this. My sense is that God called me to be a Church of Ireland minister before I became a Christian. Because I sensed the call when I was 14 and I came to Christ when I was 15. And so often when God speaks to us, he's not saying in that moment, you are ready to do the work I have called you to. He is saying to us, I am calling you and I will make you ready for what I'm calling you to do. Because God's word does not only call, God's word also equips. Sometimes that takes moments. Sometimes it takes decades. But on the journey, we discover that God is working his purposes out. So this morning, I wonder if there's anything that you're seeking guidance for. I wonder if there's anything you're hoping that God will speak to you about. Well, I want to encourage you in the midst of this service today, in the midst of the prayer ministry that happens during and after the service, during communion and after the service, to be full of expectancy and anticipation. Even as we go out from this place, as we pray, as we walk, as we run, as we cycle, as we go to our workplace, in our relationships, in our school, in our college, wherever it happens to be, that we are expecting at all times to hear the voice of God, to be guided by God, and to be always ready at the end of the phone for the unexpected adventure that he's calling us on to. And perhaps you're sitting here today and you're thinking, that's all very well and good, but I have made on a complete mess of things. Surely God couldn't use me to do his will. There's a song I want to read some uh, words from that Mark's going to sing for us in a moment called To the Table. It's by Zach Williams. And uh, in it he describes coming through 14 years of alcohol and drug abuse and about how he sensed that he had made such a mess of things. And the Lord saying to him, I, Mark, uh, Zach, I'm going I'm I'm to take the mess of your life and turn it into a message. And that's what the Lord does again and again. And amazingly, in the redemptive purposes of God, sometimes the bigger mess we have made, the more powerful the message. So perhaps this is the Lord's voice to you today in the words of this song. i ask Mark to come up and play this in a moment as we, uh, as we listen to Mark sing, but just hear some of the words. Hear the voice of love that's calling. There's a chair that waits for you
1: and a friend who
0: understands everything you're going through. But you keep standing at a distance in the shadow of your shame. There's a light of hope that's shining. Won't you come and take your place? And he can see the weight you carry the fears that hold your heart. But through the cross, you've been forgiven. You're accepted as you are. So bring it all to the table. There's nothing he hasn't seen before. For all your fear, all your sorrow, and your sadness, there's a Savior, and he calls. Bring it all to the table. I think what we'll do is, Mark's gonna play, I'll ask the rest of the band to come up, and rather than having the various liturgy in, um we're gonna distribute the bread of communion. Just the bread today, as we said. And as Mark sings this song, as we worship together, we know that there's a table, as far as the eye can see, laid out for us, and there's a chair with our name on it. And no matter what has happened in the past, Bring it all to the table.